Check my check on two. Welcome back to another episode of Breaking Bread, hosted by yours truly, Meat Boy House One, coming out of you from Phoenix, Arizona. I've uh, tried to make some changes. I'm learning as I'm going along. Hopefully, this mic is a little bit better than the past ones. I know some of the sound is a little bit off, uh, but I'm learning as I'm going along once again. But I broke it down in segments, so you can uh, go back to segments. You can listen to those specific things that you want to. This is an interview again around the same time when I was ending my thesis or figuring out what I want to do with my thesis. Stayed out in the Bronx for about a week. Caught up with my man Jigs from Supreme Beans out in Queens at a rec center where he runs a session. So my shout outs to him. Uh, people at the episode, feel free to leave a comment. And if you don't mind, I, I'll put it into the podcast as well so other people can, people can hear your opinions as well. And we can continue building these conversations. But we in here to hear me talk. So, Breaking Bread, Episode 2, Jigs. So just introduce yourself. Like my name, crew. Yeah, your name. How long I've been dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright. So you ready? Yeah, yeah. What's up? My name is B-Boy Jakes. I'm from New York City. I represent Supreme Beings. Um I've been dancing for about 17 years already. I've been teaching for like probably 10 years or so. Really into it. It's, it's cool. I like to pass down the knowledge, you know. What kind of places do you teach at? I, te- I actually work here oh, at the Queens Community Center. And, I mean, I don't have to teach people. I'm just the activity specialist. I'm just here, like, to open the gym and watch people. But, you know, I take it upon myself to help people out and teach them some foundation and give them some tips and stuff like that. Because on my come up, I didn't really have uh, too many people to look to for advice and help, you know, there was a couple of people dancing, but those were like my rivals, so I couldn't go to them for help, you know, and um, when I started, it was like late 90s, mid 90s, and you know, as you know, like a lot of the pioneers were like not in the mix at that time, you know, it was a handful of people and a handful of kids who were actually trying to learn, so you know, after, after a couple of years, you know, you start meeting people and then you get to travel and then 
it goes on from there, you know. But um, like I said, that's why I like to help teach people because I, I had to learn with my friends and it took me like twice as long to get good. Where I could just guide somebody and within a year you could see enough progress where you could say, wow, that guy, he's legit, he's a b-boy. He got his fundamentals, his foundation, and so forth. All right, they get mad short because that's what I tell people. I'm like, yo, you guys get mad short because right now, like, they learn stuff. And a fourth of the time that we learned it. Yeah, and that's why, you know, a lot of these guys, you see them in the high-level contest now because, you know, either they came, they had some type of background where they were fit, and then all they had to do was learn their foundation and piece it together. And, like, you see guys coming up in, like, three or four years when us, it took us a good 10, 12 years for people to actually know us. And that's because of our longevity, you know? So who's teaching breaking to the next generation and what tools do people use to transmit information? Well, um, right now I see that the younger generation is actually the ones teaching you know, there are a lot of people getting, you know, teenagers getting jobs, teaching kids in, in like, schools um, and places like this. And I see, like, the tools that they use, I, I notice, like, a lot of them use reference through YouTube, you know? And it is, it's, it's totally different from when I came up, you know? Like, our reference, we had to actually hunt for a video and borrow it or ask if somebody had it or go to the very few events to try to purchase one or... Um, actually go to the jam and see the people, you know? You heard, oh, this guy's going to come out. You want to go see what's going on, check out the battles. But now people, you know, there's a whole bunch of how-to DVDs and everybody has their way to teach. And I don't knock that, you know, but um, everybody should go back to the roots. You know, everybody should, like, do their research. Maybe sometime in the future we could create a book where, you know, it's an encyclopedia to the breaking because, you know, I could teach somebody a move and I tell them the name and they'll be like, oh, you mean this? I'd be like, yeah, same thing, you know? But if there, if there was, like, a, a nice curriculum where it's, like, you know, as far as at least the basics should be like that, you know, there should be a, a, a structure to it. And, you know, go, that's, that's going to go into back what the, the questions you're going to have later about who should be qualified to teach. What's up? How, how does body type, intent, background, shape teaching and learning and breaking? The way I would approach it, you know, in teaching, definitely body type is, is a, a, something you want to consider, you know, because you want to prevent injury, of course. You should know, everybody should know their limits, you know. So if I'm like, if I'm overweight, you know, I'm not going to try to really stand, do a head spin if I can't stand on my head, you know. Background definitely helps. You know, there's people who have something else to bring to the table, like martial artists. You know, a lot of old school b-boys were into martial arts, you know. So they brought that, you know, that a lot of people brought that background into the game. Like, people like uh, Float was into karate, so the dude was, like, always in great shape. So, of course, he's one of the b-boys who took it to the next level. So background is something, like, that's really cool. And, you know, then there's those who have no background in any type of sport or athletic, but... They're, they're great dancers, you know, they got good rhythm and stuff. That's another uh, good key to bring into teaching, like somebody who has a good uh, understanding of, um, like, expression and uh, character, you know, not just only the athletic thing about it, you know, and then, like, also people who respect the, the history, you know, like, 
you, you can't just claim that you do something and you know nothing about the history. Then you have no place teaching, you know? What criteria defines breaking as authentic? Go ahead. I got something for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, say it again. Which criteria? What criteria defines breaking Def as authentic? Defines breaking as authentic. This is uh, something um, that I was told by um, one of my favorite b-boys. Um, one of a lot of people's favorite b-boy. And Ken, Ken Swift himself told me, it's like, you know, you could do all these, other, all these other moves, gymnastics, even like cool tops, flips, dope freezes, whatever. But you, you're not really breaking unless you incorporate the footwork element. That's like the most unique part of our dance. As you see, we borrow from every type of dance style or martial arts, gymnastics, what have you. We borrow from all of that. We incorporate it, make it our own. But like the, what makes breaking authentic is having that foundation on the floor, which is footwork, you know, that floor rock. And that's what like really connects all the other moves like when it comes to like when you when you view somebody as a all around b-boy you know that that footwork definitely is what makes makes breaking authentic at least in my opinion but you know if you look back to the history it 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 makes sense you know because a lot of people were dancing up top you know people were but once they hit the floor and stayed on the floor it is it totally changed you know what are definite experiences that constitute being an authentic practitioner? So what are, what are experiences that a, that a person should have to be able to say, uh, I'm a b-boy, I'm, I'm the real thing? Um, definitely you should dip and dab into the contest scene, you know, just to feel it out, understand um, what some people go through and how they feel about uh, others having an opinion on them. And, um, you know, just testing your limits. Like, it's, it's good to touch that, but I think most importantly is to, like, um, study your music, you know? Know your music, because before you dance, you listen to music, and we dance to music. So, um, knowing a lot about music is, is definitely a, a plus. Also, um, actually, everybody's like, oh, real b-boy cypher, cypher. Yeah, cypher is cool. That's that's. That's where you go and have fun and express yourself and maybe even fool around, play around. But, you know, I, I, I like when people actually go out of their way and test their limits and actually call somebody out. Or if they get called out, you know, come back, answer back. That's, that's something that's really important to me. That's who I, I consider like, all right, those guys are the real deal. Not only do they enter contests and travel the world and battle, but... Um, they won't mind putting their reputation on the line no matter who calls them out, you know, because that's the name, to me, that's the name of the game, you know, exchange. I respect those, you know, I, I got to battle probably some of the best b-boys of my generation and maybe before and, and even the next generation, the new generation. I've got, I've, I'm blessed to have been able to battle them, like me and you even got to battle at Pro-Ams. So that's, that's where it's at to me. Like, if you could be all popular and cool, but if if I don't see you on the floor really getting it like that or putting yourself out there, your reputation on the line, then, you know, you're cool and all, but I don't really consider you, like, one of the real deal, like, guys you have to respect, you know? <clears throat> Word. Uh... We'll be right back, folks, with some more info and knowledge gems from my man Jigs. 
next coming up is it important that people go to New York City. Stay tuned. You think it's important that people come to New York? I think at some time it's good that they come to New York because this is the probably the only place where you could find a lot of OGs. Um, there's still a few pioneers around. You know, if you come at the right times, you, you could bump into, you know, your track twos. You know, probably see Bambada spinning somewhere. Crazy Legs is always all over the city. So, yeah, at some point, it's, it's good to come out here because then you can learn, like, not just the movement or the moves or, you know, take a class from somebody, but you can actually ask a question and be like, yo, how was it back then? And what actually inspired you? And why'd you do it? And... Um, who was dope back then and you know like you get to hear about um, all the stories you know that, that you probably heard from somebody else but then you could probably hear it from the real source and that, that's good and New York is it's also good to, it, good to come out here because like I think um, the b-boys out here really like um, try to keep it as close as as um, you know, as traditional as, as as it should be, you know? Like, you know, biting is still frowned, frowned upon amongst a lot of us, you know? It's, it goes on a lot now, way more. We know this, but, you know, back in... a couple kids playing more than Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's important to come out here, definitely. I mean, you don't have to. You could find some OGs elsewhere, you know, but... It, for that purpose, it's dope, and for the experience, you know, just to see it. I'm sure everybody's seen B Street a million times and Wild Style. Like, there's still a bit of that that feeling out here. If you come, you know, you can see it. It's in. It's on the walls. You know, you feel the vibe. Um, if you go to a battle, you definitely feel that. You know, like not animosity, but you know that there's like, it's like you got to step up to the plate. You know, it's not no playing around. So it's a good experience. I, I advise people to come boys to come out here and catch some wreck because you gain your respect out here and you know people don't forget that all right that, that could make me think of another question um how important is it for, for somebody to <clears throat> somebody to get schooled in some kind of way by by somebody before like in a generation before them or you know what I mean so like if i'm going to teach breaking do i need to have some kind of some kind of OGs drop knowledge on me or is it something that I can you know if I'm somewhere in the part of the world that I'm not going to run into no OGs um, and can I still teach and I might, it's still going to be legit like yeah like if it's going to be authentic yeah I mean if you you keep it real to like to like the the game and the history you know and people know I mean we kind of know each other you know who we are around the world pretty much like maybe not personally but you know who has a good background and who has a good foundation or who's really about the growth of the scene i don't think that um you have to have learned from the masters per se you know like if you've been a practitioner for so long i mean it doesn't mean that just because you've been around you know, like, like I heard somebody make a reference, like, just because I've been on so, so many flights doesn't mean I know how to fly the plane, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think, I just I think it was uh, Milky or somebody, yeah. and I was laughing, I was like, it's true, but, you know, then again, there's others who have that experience, who have battled, who have um, been around, seen many come and go, and still do it for the love, like, those people deserve to 
of course, to teach, you know? Like, you guys are in Arizona. I mean, you don't have the opportunities to learn from as many pioneers as I do because right. I'm here in the city, you know? But, um, yeah, I mean, we, we do it in honor for them. So, I mean, why not? What are the processes of legitimizing and sustaining this knowledge? What's the process of legitimizing and sustaining this knowledge? I mean, it, it, it really lies upon the individual how dedicated they are, you know? I mean, first, learn. I, I would tell people to learn as much as they can and then practice, take the, their own skill set and skill level to the next, you know, as far as they could take it and, you know, keep on, t uh, stay on top of that. And then after that, you know, you know, if you're on the level to compete and actually even call out one of the guys you looked up to as a kid and, you know, take it there, you know, test yourself, test your skills and your limits. And, you know, that could take you far, you know, like just, just having the respect of your peers and those who are, who are well respected takes you, takes you a long way. But um, then the next part I would say is find some students, pass on the knowledge. I'm 33, I'm not gonna be able to compete seven years from now. I mean, I might in like a veterans battle or something, but I'm not thinking I'm gonna be like finalist in a Red Bull BC1 when I'm like 38, like let's be realistic. At that point, I should have my students training to get to that level, you know? What qualifies someone to self-identify themselves as a specialist? I mean, the proof is in the pudding. You know, you have to have something to show for you know, I mean, nowadays it's easy to package it because we have the power of media, you know? We have social medias, uh, things like YouTube, Vimeo. Uh, you, it's freaking, you can find cheap, uh, cheap websites, even free websites. You know, it's easy to promote yourself. But like I said, you know, then comes those, those things that we call paying dues, like taking yourself out of state, uh, competing, you know, in... in high caliber events, uh, reaching out to other b-boys, um, dancing with them, um, teaching your skills, uh, battling people, like, I wouldn't say on a personal level, but like, you know, where it's not uh, in front of an audience, you know, like in a cypher where, you know, it should go down. And, you know, all those things. Uh, what type of codification exists, vocabulary movement initiated? So like having to flip these questions from this academic wording to our wording, that's codification. So what, what kind of codification exists in vocabulary and movement? Well, I mean, right now the, it's still a young, it's kind of young, like compared to like ballet, which is a couple hundred years old. It's still so young that we still kind of roll um, like, go upon our status and reputation, you know? So it's like, this is why it's important to build something like this, you know, to have certain qualifications, meet certain qualifications to be certified, you know? But right now, we still kind of go on word of mouth and, oh, that's that dude, and, oh, he's old school, you know, or, oh, he's been smoking everybody, you know? That's, that's kind of like the the qualifications we use for now, but like, I don't know, how can we, it's, it'll be, it's a double-edged sword, you know, then comes people who wanna say, well, is this an art or is it a sport? 
And, you know, that's where the, the I want to say the problem lies, but that's where we have to figure it out, like, where it lies and um, what do I have to know or, or be able to perform or, or something like that to, to be qualified. You know, that's, that's kind of difficult, and that's where we, you know, like, you have to reach out, see a lot of different perspectives, and then try to narrow it down. Geographical and historical variations impact authenticity. So, like, <clears throat> how does like where where you're from, and, and like your own history, how does that what impact does that have on, on like somebody's authenticity? Mm. You mean so? Well, it, de it definitely has an impact because um, depending on the size of the scene, you know, if there's a bigger scene elsewhere, then there's a, a better chance that you might be known. You know. So, like, I feel blessed that I'm from New York. If I was from, like, say, Omaha or something, I don't think many people would know of me, you know. Maybe. You never know. I right. mean, there are a few out there, you know, from random places. But it definitely has an impact, you know. Like, that's why certain b-boys move elsewhere, you know, because there's opportunities, you know. So it definitely impacts. Um, <clears throat> but as far as that, like, so is, is somebody from... New York more authentic than, uh, to, and qualified to teach than somebody from Omaha? No, no, I don't think that they're more, but um, you probably have more, more possibilities and opportunities, you know, to put yourself out there. So you kind of like, like somebody from somewhere that's not in a big scene is like probably gets overlooked, even though they might have better tools and more better knowledge, you know, but I don't think that um, anybody's better than anybody else. I mean, if they if they did their knowledge, if they studied the game and, like, they're, they're really about it, like, it goes to show, you know, there's no denying it when you see it in person. But then you have your OGs who, like, maybe they can't perform how they used to and, like, you know, people won't take their word for it but because they didn't see it themselves. You know, seeing is believing. There's a bunch of old schools that say, oh, I used to do that, I used to do this, you know? And we're like, okay, you know, you don't really believe it unless somebody says, hell yeah, that's Kid Freeze, he invented the headspin. And then the, the young kids be like, oh, word, you know? And they sit back and think about it. But like... But you don't think it... Um, so if somebody, two people have the same exact qualifications, and one's from the Bronx and one's from Omaha, neither one is more authentic than the other? No, nah, I wouldn't say more authentic, no. It's, it's, then it becomes a preference of, you know, of the students who they want to learn from. Like if you have, like, people doing, the two doing a workshop, you know, oh, maybe I want to do his because he's a power guy. Or maybe I want to do his because he's a, a, like, flexible guy, you know, and I could, like, relate to that. But no, nah, I wouldn't say anybody's better. Then it'll come down to, uh, I wouldn't say anybody's more authentic if anything, then it narrows down to um, specialty, you know? Then it's like, oh, you want a more authentic power move class? Then you go with this guy, you know? You want a more authentic footwork? You go with that guy, you know? Because based on the, the knowledge and the skill set, you know? But it doesn't mean that I don't know how to teach power just because my thing is, say, footwork, you know? So, I mean, it, it, then it goes to preference and, like, you know... That's what it's like back in the days. You had clans, rival clans. They go at it. So do you think that was <clears throat> that was ever different? And if so, what when do you think it shifted? So 
So we won't use Omaha. We use LA. Uh, do you think? Do you think there was a point where somebody from, you know, and I'm just using Bronx and, and LA. Do you think that at some point being from the Bronx made you more authentic than somebody from uh, like the, a b-boy in LA? At some point, yeah. Like maybe. Uh, when, yeah. When do you think it shifted somewhere? I think it shifted like uh, late '90s, probably when people started like. Um, seeing that there was more b-boys around the world not just new york and la then I, it started to change you know but yeah i think back then you know people would look at, at these guys who were there first who witnessed it firsthand yeah everybody would look at the guys from the bronx and from uptown like frosty and kent yeah at one point definitely more authentic but you know now you look back and there's been people in other cities, other countries who've been around that long. And, you know, it's good that every scene and every city has their OGs and people that they look up to. Because then you, you could ask, you could wonder, all right, what inspired you? You know, who did you like? You know, and then it keeps going. And it's like, just like guys from Europe, they'll throw their event. And then they invite this guy and that guy to come teach or judge, you know. And it, it, it just, it's a cycle, and it's, it's pretty dope. There's nothing wrong with that. So what's your opinion, your thoughts on people looking at battling as a negative thing? Well, I mean, if it's getting out of hand and it's getting disrespectful, then that's obviously negative. Mm -hmm. But um, that's the nature of the game, at least for us, you know? But just, just, ba just battling it without it getting, you know, anybody touching each other type of thing. Yeah, without anybody touching, I mean, even if they're smack talking, I think it's healthy. I think it's good, you know? You, somebody might push a button in you that make you do something you didn't think you could do. Like, you know, you might get smoked one day and go back home and say, that's never going to happen again, and I'm going to step my game up times three, and I'll, I'll get my chance to redeem myself, you know? So I, I think that that's totally healthy and needed, like... I, I do that with my students. I make them battle each other. Like, I, that's how I train with my crew. You know, we spar. It's just like, like any other martial arts. You gotta test your skills. You can't just practice it over and over to yourself. It's, it's not gonna be the same. If you, you gotta do the real thing, you know? So that's why it's important. It's, it's, it's definitely a good thing. I think it's totally healthy. If, if there's uh, animosity, then, you know, people should know better than to stay away from each other. If you feel like, oh, this guy comes, calls me out, I'm going to punch him in the face, then, then don't bother, then, you know, and both ways, you know, but I think some people just take things too personal, and then that's when it becomes a problem. And, I mean, that, that is good, it's, it's bad when people take it there, but then again, it goes to show how passionate some people are. And it also goes down to, like, people sometimes think that this is, like, real. Like, you know, they take it so personal where they feel like they have to diss somebody to the point where they feel disrespected and take it to that level. It's like, it's not that serious, bro. We're just dancing. And like I said, if you smoke me, I got my chance to see you again or vice versa, you know? Some people just, I guess... They, they, they just think different, probably not mature enough. But when I was younger, I was, I was rowdy. I admit it, and I'm, you, grow, you grow out of that. With your thoughts on, like, so right now we at, at ASU in Arizona, we have this urban dance program. 
which is pretty ill. But the cats learn, like we got turntables in the classrooms. We, we speak about, you know, Alienessa's book, and we, you know, I mean, we all kinds of different things. At, what do you what do you say to these cats that you know go through college and now they're you know they're in this urban dance program they're taking breaking and popping and locking and house and all this all this stuff and they go through that process are, are they qualified to teach? I think uh, you know they they they, they, they have mad knowledge they they can drop names on you they yeah. can drop dates on you they can you know I think um I think they're allowed to pass on their own knowledge. But as far as like, um, I think they're allowed to teach the history. There's nothing wrong with that. But like I said, you got to know your stuff physically and have some type of experience. Like, you know, where you put yourself out there. Like, I'm not going to say it's, 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 it's kind of hard to say because I know not all trainers been in the ring, you know, and they're probably some of the best trainers, you know, so it's. I can't really say that they don't have a place teaching, but they should, I recommend that they should have some hands-on, you know, and, and have like a couple people at least acknowledge that they've been around and have experience and learn from someone who is legit or someone who's been around and, you know, know their stuff and don't like try to like water it down or switch up the game and, you know, some people go out there and they say they say a bunch of false things, but it's not their fault. It's because somebody else told them a lie. So it's kind of hard to say, yeah, they're allowed to teach because how do you know they didn't? They weren't misled. So I mean, it goes. It's a double edge on that. I would rather have somebody, like say somebody who who've been studying hip hop for like twenty years or whatever compared to somebody who lived it for 20 years, like yourself, I would rather learn from you. That's my preference. You know, I, I, that's what I would suggest to anyone else. Like, you know, this guy, he may know his stuff and he could help you out and guide you, but this guy lived it. So maybe, you know, if you could see it through his eyes, it'll be a little clearer. Why? Well, like I said, because somebody who, who really lived it you know, can, like, give you more detail, you know, instead of somebody who, like, just, like, seen it, can say, oh, yeah, yeah, this is how, this is how it went down, but they, they can't tell you what you felt during the battle, um, how you were mentally, how you were physically, how uh, certain things were affected, you know, like, the situation, how it went down, like, nobody would know, because, because, say it how you could because you, you lived it. Like I said, you lived it. You didn't just see it, you know, you were, you totally experienced it, you know? So I feel, I feel like I, I would rather go with somebody who's been there, done that, instead of somebody who just knows that or seen that. I'm, I'm going to ask you that one again and then I'll just whatever last thoughts you got. Yeah, start with the question because then you, then you went into why. It was about um, oh, so like somebody, somebody that learned learned it university. You know, in school or something, or as opposed to somebody who like lived it. Are they, you know, are they qualified to teach? In your opinion, like I said, um, I think they're qualified to teach the history and what they know and what they've seen. But um, I don't think that they're as uh, authentic as someone who actually lived it. It's like, for example, I would rather learn from somebody who's been there, done that, 
lived it, experienced, compared to someone who seen it or heard about or was uh, informed by someone who actually lived it, you know, been there, done that. You know what I mean? So because basically that's who they learned it from. But, you know, it's still, like I said, it's still so young. Like a lot of things are still not set in stone as facts yet, you know, because even till like last year, I'm learning different history of certain crews that we thought we knew the history of. But now all of a sudden there's new founders. And I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> Damn, so this whole time I was wrong and I was probably telling these kids, yeah, this guy started this crew. But I was wrong because somebody misinformed me. But like I said, you know, I feel like um, they're not, they, they won't, they're allowed to teach it, you know, but I would like to, I myself would like to learn from somebody who was there and, and is actually a b-boy. If I'm going to learn how to b-boy, I want to learn from somebody who actually knows how to break and battle and could show me proof that, yeah, I was relevant and at some point I was a threat, you know? And you had to watch out for this guy. Yeah, I would rather learn from that person than from somebody who who learned this in school and, you know, whatever, been lectured by KRS or whoever. Like, yeah, you have an understanding of it, but you didn't really live it. You know, it's, it's a difference. It's a little deeper, you know? So that's that's why I stand with that. Word. <clears throat> Any last thoughts about the whole thing? Um, I think it's, it's really interesting. I think it would be important that we have certified teachers, you know, and then like a good way to start is just by having specialists, you know, because then you, there's no denying that, oh, this guy, he's legit, you know, he's a legit power guy, you know, but it doesn't, doesn't really mean he could be a good teacher neither, you know, so it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's weird, you know, it's, and this is the beginning of that, so, I mean, good luck with all that, it sounds dope, I'm, I'm interested and I believe that certain teachers should be qualified and to be an authentic teacher. Word. Shout outs. Yo, shout outs to Furious Styles. Shout out to Originality Stands Alone. My people, Supreme Beings, Star Child of Rock, X Fiends, Step Fiends, Full Circle, everybody out in New York. You know who you are. If I forgot to mention you, everybody out in the West. Um... Big shout out to all the people doing big things these uh, past few years. Um, the scene is growing, it's getting a little bit um, more exciting. People getting job opportunities, uh, competitors making prize money. Um, it looks like it's the beginning of something good. So, I mean, everybody should just keep it positive, doing what they're doing, keep training. Um, um, use all that knowledge, you know, get healthier, work out, you know, try to live a clean lifestyle. Um, if you're into the spiritual thing, that's also good. And just let's try to keep this positive because this is an art form that started in the streets. And yeah, it's street, but, you know, we're all like, we're all artists, you know. So people need to take us serious, you know, as artists, not just as um, athletes or, or, you know, people who got street, like, um, ghetto celebs like you know we're beyond that so everybody just keep taking it to the next level and like i said shout out to everybody who's into this into this lifestyle and hope to see all of y'all 20 years later like see where we at then so keep putting in that work peace yo jigs supreme beings word